Well, praise the Lord and welcome to the broadcast today. This is our Romans Bible study that we're having every Monday morning and Thursday morning here in my office at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas at 8.30 a.m. every Monday and Thursday live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page and you can also find them uploaded after we're done on the YouTube channel <clears throat> which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. Everything we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded there and uh, we're thankful for the technology God has given his people today and that's really who he's given it to to get his vision, his word, his truth, his redemptive plan out to a lost world and a backslidden church and we're thankful today for just the opportunity to be here today on the 12th day of August 2019 and we're in Romans chapter 7 this is part 21 this will be the last part to Romans chapter 7 I believe that we will finish unless the Spirit of God does something different today that I believe we will finish this 7th chapter of Romans so uh, get your pencil Get your paper, and let's dig in today and see what God's got for us. Get your Bibles and everything, and uh, before we do that, I want to ask you to pray for us. We are uh, starting a new church. We already have started a new church back in November of last year in Wichita Falls, Texas, and uh, we have leased a building now, and we have uh, a possible pastor uh, preparing to... Uh, uh, move there and, and they're praying about it and taking the church <clears throat> so I, I pray that God would stir your heart to pray for us and, and it also takes money to do these things you can give for that work to see a new cross preaching church uh, began and up and running there many needs there many needs just imagine starting a church with nothing many needs there. So you can give as easily as texting to the number 903-231-5950. It's on the paper right there. I hope you can see. and uh, Or you can go to the website and give at thecrosswaychurch.com. But this morning, we are going to start in verse 23 of Romans chapter 7 and try to work our way through these last three verses. And I believe in this half-hour segment, we will be able to finish that. Uh, the Bible says in verse 23 of Romans chapter 7, But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Now, as we brought out in the previous uh, session, uh, beginning in verse 21 through verse 25, I believe it's seven times that the word law is mentioned. And we talked about that everything with God is a law. His word is law. Uh, and and the, our salvation is a legal work that he did by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, Romans chapter 8, verse 2, that delivered us from the law of sin and death. And God promised that he would give his people uh, uh, involved in the salvation of God, the new covenant of God that he offers his people is him not writing his laws on stones as he did under the law through Moses, but the new covenant is God writing his 
laws in our hearts and on our minds. And we, we need to know that. And I'll give you the scripture for that. It's Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. And, and it says this, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I'll be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. I understand that's talking about the nation of Israel, but I also understand that the church now is experiencing, in part, that which Israel is also going to experience later when Jesus comes back and saves the entirety of the house of Israel in that day. But you and I, as the church, are experiencing that salvation plan now. God has written his law in our hearts and in our minds, and that's what Paul is referring here to when he says, I see another law in my members. Something is at work in my members, and, it's, and it is a law. It is a law. It's the law of sin and death. It's at work in our members. And it will always be warring against the law of our mind. Even though we now have the mind of Christ, even though now our minds can be renewed daily, and hear me, they have to be renewed daily. They have to be renewed all day long daily because at all times this law in our members is at war against that law in our minds. And unless our minds are being renewed on a continual basis, then that law in our members is going to bring us into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. And he tells what that law is right there, the law of sin, the law of sin and death. Think about that. that that's why Paul would write to the church in Corinth and, 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 and remind them, look, you have got to bring every thought, every vain imaginative thought, every a piece of knowledge that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, which we get from the Word of God, we have got to bring every vain thought, everything that, that tries to rise up above the knowledge of God, we have got to take those thoughts, the Bible says, to the obedience of Christ. That means we have got to go to the cross. We have got to take every thought to the cross. If we don't take those things that come into our minds captive, to the obedience of Christ, that means our faith in the death of Jesus, not us doing something, our faith being placed and not moved from the cross of Christ, that's taking those thoughts, thank you Jesus, that you humbly and obediently died for me, and this, these thoughts, you nail them to the cross, hallelujah. If we don't do that by faith, and, and keep our faith in the sacrifice of Christ, listen, you ain't got no choice in the matter. If you don't do that by faith, those thoughts will take you places that you think you might want to go. So I hope you don't, but those thoughts will captivate, able, they will capture you. You either take those thoughts captive and the only place they can be taken captive is to the obedience of Christ or else they will capture you. Now that's a great teaching right there. 
That is a great teaching. That's what gets Christians bound in chains and far away from a relationship with God and, and it just turns into a make-believe relationship with God uh, or, or, they, or they want to have something they know they should have but they can't because they're buried up and they can't figure out how to get out. I'm telling you what the Bible says. Paul told the church in Corinth, you got to take everything that exalts itself against above the knowledge of God, you got to take that captive to the only place those thoughts can be captured and done away with and you be delivered from them is through the obedience of Christ. Not your obedience. The obedience of Christ dying for you. Nailing everything that was contrary to you at the cross, Colossians 2, 14 through 16. Think about that. You're not going to start doing stuff. and pro That's what the church is bad about. Let's bring this program in the church. And if we can get people focused on these programs, staying busy, they can be delivered. I promise you. If they don't take everything they got to the cross, that, listen, God don't use them programs unless those programs are pointing people to the death of Jesus. If programs are getting are trying to get you to operate by faith in what the program has you doing, those thoughts are going to destroy you. Even though the, the, the devil will be able through your flesh to rip your marriage apart, to to steal the future of your children, to rip everything about you apart. That the cross of Christ is the only object of faith. Your faith in the cross of Christ is what allows the law of your mind to function over the law that's found in your members, the law of sin and death. You better not forget that. You can't handle it. Jesus is the only one that can handle it, did handle it, did everything it would take so that you and I could live in victory. But it is a continual, habitual, never-ending striving against the flesh and the spirit. Galatians 5 tells us that, that will not stop until you see Jesus. We just need to grow more and more and more thankful for the work of Christ at Calvary, more and more and more focused on the work of Christ at Calvary. And I'm not talking about closing your eyes and meditating on a bloody man hanging on a pole on a tree. I'm talking about you and I by faith believing that what God did in Christ at the cross was enough to remove who I was as the old man, give me new life with Christ and that now I can reckon myself indeed dead unto sin and live in the victory Christ afforded me. But I must keep the cross ever before me. Don't ever think it's the cross and now you do. No, it's your faith in the sacrifice of Christ from here on out. And when you replace that, you are just that, out side the place of grace and victory. Praise God. I'm glad we know that today. I'm glad. And let's talk about this for a minute. Paul here is having through experience and the revelation of the Holy Spirit because he wanted to know. Thank God Paul wasn't a Christian. said, well, 
uh, it ain't working. I guess this is the way it's going to be. And, you know, no, Paul, look, Paul said, look back in verse 21, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Paul was a Christian that wanted to live for God, wanted to, to have victory, knew that sin should not be dominating him, knew that Christ had come as the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world, and, and, and he wanted victory. Do you want victory, my friend? I don't mean will you answer the question with a yes. I mean, is your heart telling God right now, God, I'll want this victory? Because that's the heart of Paul. And if that's the, God's going to reveal it to you if you want victory over sin and you'll keep your focus as Jesus. Amen. He says, he says in verse 24, not that there's a champion in me. Not that I got to learn to be a team player and how to be a winner. Not all this junk the church has got infiltrated with that's, that's just destroying the church. Destroying the church. Just the church is in its biggest state of apostasy right now than it's ever been before. But Paul, here he is, in this process... He's looking for the way of victory. He's looking for the way that he can do right because he knows he should be able to and to stop doing that which is wrong because he knows there should be a way that I can quit all that, that trusting in all these things. And, and he finally gets to the point and says, Oh, wretched man that I am. Not that they're all making me, but that I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? Paul's looking for deliverance. My friend, as a child of God, are you settling with excuses in your life as to why you're not living in victory? Or are you seeking God for deliverance? I'm not talking about deliverance from alcohol or deliverance from drugs. I'm talking about What's causing all that deliverance from sin? Because that's what all that is. Oh, wretched man that I am. Lord, I know I shouldn't be a drunk. I want deliverance from sin. Because drunkenness and drug addiction and all the other thousands of things we could name are a result of sin. And the cross is the only answer for sin. I, I see the Word of God tells me I should be doing this, but I'm not doing that. The Word of God tells me I should not be doing that, but I am doing that. Listen, you can't do anything without Christ. And when Jesus said that, he meant without faith in him and who he is and what he came to do. Because now he's not here. We are the body of Christ, but we have his spirit. He sent his spirit. God didn't just send his son to die for us. He sent the spirit of his son to dwell in us, to lead us, to guide us, to strengthen us, to encourage us, to reveal all truth to us. And the more truth we learn, the more liberty. I didn't say the more truth we hear, the more truth we learn that we allow God to instruct us in. Proverbs said, instruction is your life. Are you allowing God to instruct you? That means lead you. That means change you. That means use you. I ain't talking about going to church. I'm talking about letting God change you and use you. That might happen at church. 
But the church can't change us. And the church don't have the will of God for us. God can change us, and God has a will for us. Think about that. Paul gets to the point. Maybe you're to the point. I'm sick of this. I've been making excuses too long. I've been blaming others too long. No, it's old wretched man that I am. Has God brought you to that point? The first thing you'll see when you're born again or when you've been away from God and he brings you back to himself, the first thing, one of the very first things you're going to see is that you've been blaming everybody else and it's not their fault. Oh, wretched man that I am. There's not one person that'll stand before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ where all Christians will stand and or the, white, the great white throne judgment wherever a lost person will stand. And there's not one that's going to be able to point around and say they made me do it or those false prophets. Now, I, those false prophets, they're not going to be able to do that. Oh, wretched man that I am. Not that we are, although we all are. With God, it's one-on-one. Oh, wretched man that I am. Have you come to that point? Are you frustrated? Are you disgusted with yourself? Do you realize that you've just been making excuses when God's Word tells you that you can do all things through Christ who will strengthen you? When you look around and you see other Christians living in victory, but you've been making excuses. When, when you see other Christians giving of, their, of the tithe and offerings, but you're holding back with your excuses. When, when you see other Christians in the house of God listening to the message of the cross, but you're living two blocks over and you're trying to, you're trying to be a media member. Come on, somebody. You know you should be planted in the house of God. Oh, wretched man that I am. When all the excuses begin to go and I see myself, God, it, it's not about me and them, it's about me and you. Oh, wretched man that I am. You'll come to that point or you'll live in sin all your miserable Christian life Unless you come to that point, oh, wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from this body, the body of this death? This constant warring, this constant nagging, this constant striving, this constant beating of fear and doubt and unbelief and sinful issues and lust, never stopping to beat and looking in the windows of my soul saying, I'm coming in, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you. Listen, today can be the day when you say, oh, wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from this? Oh, not the removal from the striving. It won't stop till you see Jesus. But who's going to deliver me from this that is in me having dominion over me rather than the laws God has written in my heart and mind having dominion over it? See, that's where we need to get to. That's where you can get to. And the good news is you can step right into it right now. You don't have to go do anything to get there. 
You don't have to read a book to get there. You don't have to give money to get there. People telling you you do have to do something to step into that place of victory. They're lying to you and their lives are in bondage and they're experiencing the wretchedness of the old man and the sinful nature as well because the law is dominant. Sin is dominating them because they're under the law of doing for victory instead of being under grace, that which has already been done for their victory. Glory to God. Are you hearing this today? Are you getting this today? Get up off that floor every day, just in the mully grubs, and look to Calvary. There you'll see the clearest picture of God's grace. God's grace, the Lord told Paul, is my strength being made perfect in your weakness. The Bible says Jesus died through weakness, but now he lives by the power of God. Think about that. Your faith in Calvary, you looking unto what Christ did for you at the cross, is what will save you from your sin. Not just initially and bring you into the kingdom, but that's the only thing that will deliver you from that old wretched man that you were and that you may be experiencing as a Christian now, as Paul was. He wasn't lost here. He just didn't know how to live in victory. But watch. If you want to know, the Holy Spirit is going to show you, but you need to know this. He's not going to show you a different way than he showed Paul. You can forget it. God showed Paul, God revealed to Paul the only way, the one way that one enters into the kingdom and that's accepting Christ, believing upon Christ and what he did at Calvary. Watch now, O wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from the body of this death? Because this body is not the body we're going to have one day, but it's the body we got now, and it's still the temple of God right now. But I'm telling you, there's a war. There's a war that you can't do anything to stop, but you can believe something so that that war, the old man and that law of sin does not dominate you. Romans 6.14 Sin shall not have dominion over you because you're not under law, but under grace. Grace is because of your faith in Christ at Calvary, not your doing something. Remember, grace is freely given, not worked for. And everything God offers comes by grace through faith. That means God's going to have to do it, not you powerful. Watch this. O wretched man that I am, who is going to deliver me from the body of this death? And then here it comes. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That means through what he did at Calvary. Anything else is a vain imagination. Anything else is just us trying to imagine something in our mind. Well, through Jesus that worked miracles, through yes, it is the Jesus that worked miracles, but that his miracle working ain't what delivered you from the old man in the sin nature. It's what he did at Calvary. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, 
where God has wrote his laws in our heart and on our minds, I myself, who I am in Christ, serve the law of God. Hallelujah. See, Christians do serve the law of God. Jesus kept the law. We serve the law he's written in our hearts and on our minds. Watch. But with the flesh, the law of sin. If I'm trying to serve God through the works of my flesh, through trusting in myself. Oh, God's given us gifts and talents and, 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 and he's given us uh, uh, things to do. Many works, but all the works are in Christ, Ephesians 2.10. They're not outside of Christ. That's why you must abide in Christ. That means faith in what he did at Calvary, not faith in something else. Because if our faith is not in Jesus as the sacrificial lamb, then the Holy Spirit's not going to carry anything out in and through us that being called through Christ. Never forget this. Whatever God does in your life, He's going to do it through the cross because of your faith in the cross of Christ. And whatever you and I offer to God is only going to be received by God if it comes from a heart of faith to God through faith in that sacrifice of Christ. It's the door from heaven to your life, the cross, the blood shedding of Jesus Christ, the death of Christ, and it's the door of your worship and your prayer and your praise, the cross. Your prayer and your praise is absolutely meaningless if your faith is not in the cross. Think about it. If my faith is in what I'm doing, I'm denying God in my works, Titus 1 and 16. Paul had to learn, listen, Paul had to learn this. The Holy Spirit revealed this to him through his experience and the scriptures that were written about Christ. And Paul had this, not what you and I get, we're illuminated, the, the scriptures are illumination to us, illuminating our hearts. Paul had the reveal, the mystery revealed, the revelation of the cross given to him. And he wrote it down under the unction of the Holy Spirit so that you and I, when we got to the point as Christians, Paul got to, oh, wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from this? Then we can study Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8 and finally step into a place of true discipleship that we were in when we were first born again until we got in some local church and they begin to call discipleship something other than taking up your cross, which Jesus said, you've got to take up your cross to be my disciple. And if you don't, you ain't worthy. You can't be my disciple. It means you can't learn from him. Only through the cross can a child of God learn. Think about that. God gave Paul, the apostle, this revelation so that no Christian no Christian would have to have to get to the place and cry out, oh, wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from this mess, this body of sin, this war that's going on that I just can't seem to, to get over? I'm stuck. I'm stranded. So that we wouldn't have to stay there. We could learn the truth and the power and the wisdom of Christ and him crucified. For that and that alone is the power and the wisdom 
of God. Think about that. Paul, this listen, never believe those preachers that tell you Paul was writing here when he was lost. It's not true. You can go back up. You can see that in verse nine and and a couple of other scriptures. It's 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 a uh, bear out. It's it's confirmed here. Paul said in verse nine, "I was alive without the law once." That means when he believed upon Christ without the law, because Christ was the end of the law for righteousness, and righteousness is tied to life. Amen. It's tied to life. We live, the just shall live by faith. And Peter wrote that we've obtained this light, precious faith through righteousness. And righteousness only has come to us through our faith in the death of Jesus. Paul says, I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, when I turned back to the law, uh-oh, what happened? The sin nature revived and I died. He didn't die physically. He didn't die spiritually lost and now he's going to hell. No, he died. He stepped into a place where grace could not work. Galatians 5, 1 through 4. Revelation 3, 1 through 6, where Jesus tells the church in Sardis, you got a name that you're alive, but you're dead. Think about it. Same thing Paul's writing here. When I try to live according to a program, when I think I've got to do all these things for salvation or any of these things for deliverance or any of these things for, for any part of God's saving grace, saving plan, then I'm under law. If I have to do anything for salvation, if someone tells me I've got to be water baptized to qualify my salvation to prove I'm saved. That's a lie. I can't do a work to qualify. Jesus did the work to qualify, verify, and finish everything that would ever be needed for me. To enter into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and to have everything I would ever need by faith. Yes, I'll get water baptized as a sign of what has already happened to me as an obedient act unto my God because I love him now because he loved me first through the cross. You can live in victory. You can live in victory. So many preachers are hearing the message of the cross and they're not yet preaching it. It's because they are more concerned about what their people may think or, they, or maybe they're just to the point right now they really don't think that's the answer because listen, nobody in the church Nobody that's born again is going to come back to Calvary until God takes them to the place and has to show them what you're trusting in. Not only is not working, it has never worked. The sin nature has duped and seduced you, deceived you, and kept you dead, unable to bear fruit. And now it's time to come back to Calvary. Nobody's coming back to Calvary like we have until God shows them what they've been trusting in is not working and has never worked. And the reason they thought it was or maybe still think it is, such as fasting or whatever for deliverance from sin, is because the sin nature, when it's dominating, it's deceiving. And it's dominating and deceiving anybody whose faith is not exclusively in the cross. 
What a great way to end Romans chapter 7. I look forward to being with you Monday morning. At, I'm sorry, today is Monday morning. This Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, we'll be back here in the office, and we will begin Romans chapter 8, another powerful, powerful, bright, and shining light of our Jesus and what he provided through his sacrifice for us to be experiencing today and every day. God bless you. We do love you. We're praying for you. And I pray that you would pray for us and help us to do what God's called us to do. You can donate again by texting to 903-231-5950 or give online at thecrosswaychurch.com. God bless you, and until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.